This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right. Here we go. It's Friday, by golly. We got the phone line open today on the Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here wearing his hat here, the Ward Scott research team. Uh, you know, I had to go in yesterday and have a little work done from living in Florida. You know, have your head looked at for you know, the sun beating down on it all the time. So I thought I'd throw the hat on today, too. And here we are in the Manly Warthog Man Cave Command Center here in the Melon Law Studio. Uh, in uh, protecting, you know, Mellon Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators, and we're protected 24-7, 365 uh, by our good buddies at Crime Prevention. And check out all our sponsors. Judy Acasio is our newest Allstate Insurance agent, longtime resident of this uh, community, great gal, and patronize her and all our other sponsors. Um, I don't know. We're just playing around today. It's... uh. See if I can pick my own show up here a minute so I can see who's watching. But anyway, we're just playing around today a little bit because there's so many odd things going on uh, in the world of, uh, I, I don't know what you call it. It's uh, uh, everyday life, I guess. And I was just going through some of the things that were, you know, I found odd. And, of course, this is my opinion. And uh, we have the phone line open today, so I encourage you to, you haven't talked to me for a while. We'll just talk. We don't need to have a subject necessarily, but just, uh, chat and see how you're doing. If you got any feedback on the show, got the phone line open. And uh, we're over here uh, in the world of uh, news, I guess, is what you call it nowadays, and opinion and all that business as I try to find myself here. Um, and uh, some odd things going on. First of all, locally, of course, there's no end of odd things going on locally. Um, it's, um, it is what it is. I mean, and, it, you know, somebody says, a friend of mine says it is what it is all the time. And I always want to know, well, what is it? You know, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It is what it is, but I don't know what it is. Uh, locally, there's no end of odd things. Uh, the uh, city commission of Gainesville provides us with uh, an endless supply of that. Uh, they've locally, they've reversed their opinion now on, uh, you know, homes and lots. And, you know, of course, the communist commissioner, Seiko, he really is a commie, who gave the International Fighter Pilot salute to her constituents. She's really a mean woman, mean person. Uh, voted, you know, just to dump the single-family residence zoning in the community. And they don't realize, you know, black folks own their houses, too. They like a yard and a dog and you know, a swing set for the kids. I mean, they just assume it. I guess all the liberal whites assume that all the black folk are poor and need to live in 
projects, you know, which they'll be happy to build for them. I find that kind of odd. I think so. I throw that in there on odd things. The other thing that's kind of odd about the, the city of Gainesville is they still haven't made, if you noticed this, they still haven't made a commitment on canine dogs. Uh, they're going to let that language right now. The sheriff is covering their rear ends if they need dogs. Uh, the sheriff is supplying uh, the ASO canine team. And, and <laughs> the sheriff gets no credit for that, of course. <laughs> sheriffs are all sheriffs are never in good good favor with the commissioners uh, in this community. I've always I've covered that story. That always seemed odd to me. And of course, nationally, a defund the cops is uh, you know it's antithetical. Everything it tells you any sensible stuff, and they're all enthralled with that. And uh, <laughs> I find that be, to be odd. But you know, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've got your own. Uh, list of odd stuff that uh, strikes you as kind of a weird. You know, and phone in, phone in if you got a list of weird stuff that you, you know, simply can't get out of your system. Um, still messing around here trying to find myself. Uh, well, more ways than one, I suppose. Um, uh, <laughs> I guess I'll see it sooner or later. I don't get my own notifications, which is kind of weird. I don't have to set that stuff up. I don't really pay much attention to it until, you know, all of a sudden I want to see who's chat lining and I can't see who's chat lining until I somehow find a, a feed. And then I haven't found that. Um, let me see if I keep looking. Uh, I can't find it. What the heck? Anyway, if you're, if you're out there, if you want to talk to me, call in. So um, that, that struck me as kind of odd, you know, that we have the city of Gainesville that uh, is getting ready to get, you know, the financial rug yanked out from under it by DeSantis. I guess he's counting that down to the very, very end, letting them suffer while he's out on the campaign trail. Because uh, he is, to my knowledge, he hadn't signed the bill yet that will limit the money that they got, the cash cow they've got from the GRU utility, all of which you can blame Pigreen Underhand for and her minions. But this whole business about the city of Gainesville, commissioners all too often come from academics. Now, this is one of the big changes in the city of Gainesville uh, structure. It used to be that the when we had five commissioners, um, the commissioners basically were from the business community. And we had businessmen running the city and running it quite sensibly. We had issues and arguments and all that. You know, we struggled with what to do with downtown and all that. But then all of a sudden, we added seven and opened the door to academia getting on the commission. And raised the raised the dadgum salaries. Now that, that you know, and there you go. Now, coming to Seiko and all them trying to turn it into an actual job. She even says, "Well, if you don't cut me back, I'm only going to work by hour." You know, so the whole concept of community service and and um, providing uh, some sort of forum, what we do right here. I mean, you know, that's what the Ward Scott Files about. Uh, it's really a service. And, and we pay production and make our men's meet, but we're not down here getting rich, of course. Um, we do this to keep you guys involved and you'll keep a class going and keep me going and all that business. And, you know, yet academic, uh, they've got a symbiotic relationship with politicians. This strikes me as odd. Mayor Lori Lightfoot. I, I know you know who that is. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, right? Well, she just got 
kicked out of Chicago as the mayor. And another guy has come in. Uh, Got to be careful how I use these male-female pronouns now. A male black has come in to be the mayor. You know, has enlightened the load of shooting victims one bit. Uh, he's got his own people rebelling because he wants to pay the migrants or put them up where the blacks used to be. I don't know. Anyway, it's uh, it's a foregone conclusion that Lightfoot was a failure. Um, hence, she got voted out. So you wonder uh, uh, what the heck is going to become of her? Well, 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 what do you think? She's going to be um, put out there somewhere in in academia. And where do you think the quintessential example of academia is? Well, huh? It's got to be, hey, I found myself. Uh, it's got to be Harvard. Well, Brenda Dolwood, I see y'all watching Jackie Kinsler here in class, uh, Plantation Marks up there, still trying to make crop grow. Okay, buddy, I know this, I know what you're up to. Uh, so anyway, what do you think happened to Mayor Lori Lightfoot, right? She's going to Harvard. Harvard. Now, I put that in the odds and ends pile. I don't get it. Harvard is always claiming to be the creme de creme of brainiacs. And it's got the craziest people come out of it. But beginning in the fall, Lightfoot is going to teach a course at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. I don't, I don't know. You know, it strikes me as odd. She is going to be, it's, it's going to be titled Health Policy and Leadership. Now, I, if you were a Harvard student, a Harvard student, I guess you'd rush over and beat the door down to hear a failed mayor who probably knows very little at all about public health talk about and even knows less about leadership. I don't get it. And Harvard says there's something called a menstrual program, quote, offers a rare opportunity, a rare opportunity for those who have recently served in top-level positions in government, multilateral institutions, Nonprofit organizations and journalism to spend time at this school mentoring and teaching students who aspire to similar roles. Now, let me get this. Let me get this straight. Here's a failed mayor. I can't straighten out what, what pronoun really applies to her, but. There she is, he, she. It's booted out of the town where if she had any sense at all, she probably could have stayed. And now she's going to teach students how to be like her? She's going to hold regular office hours to meet with students, faculty, and staff during her time on campus. Let me tell you about those regular office hours. A lot of them don't do that. And, you know, you go by there and they're not there. Or they're there by appointment only. So we'll see if she, that part's even true. Now, Harvard has the audacity 
to say the following. And I'm, I'm quoting this from, let me see if we can figure out where this came. Fox. Fox put this out there. Harvard has the audacity to say the following about this woman. Now, it makes me think of the mayors we got in Gainesville. The most incompetent collection of buffoons you've ever seen try to run something you know nothing about. Here's the quote Harvard's issued about her. As mayor, she showed strong leadership huh? in advocating for health. Now, here comes the buzzwords. Equity and dignity for every resident of Chicago. Every, the statement is every resident of Chicago. Every, every resident. Now it gets better. From her declaration of structural racism, structural racism, I, I, I mean, Hey, uh, the phone lines are open. If you know what structural racism means, call me up and teach me. Teach me what structural racism is. It's in this Harvard. Structural racism, according to this, is, is a public health crisis. Structural racism is a public health crisis. And of course, they say she helped the city through the COVID-19. I mean, that, this strikes me as odd. If you're just tuning in, students, or just getting to class, uh, today's show is called Odds and Ends. I mean, I just don't, if you can straighten all this stuff and make sense out of it, good for me. I don't know. Harvard says, in a published announcement, that Lightfoot led a coordinated citywide response across government, business, and community organizations to safeguard public health and minimize economic impact from the COVID-19 pandemic. No, Ron DeSantis did that. Fox adds this, the former mayor received criticism for her policies, included getting a haircut. I'd forgotten this, but she did. Getting a haircut at the height of the pandemic lockdowns after telling citizens to remain home. And here comes the kicker. For placing police officers who declined to receive a COVID-19 vaccine on leave without pay. But she's going to Harvard. That just strikes me as strange. That really strikes me as strange. Now, you know, I got to think of something. I'm just jumping around. I got this whole stack of stuff. There's no order to it. Because it's called odds and ends. Now, this is the same Chicago 
that Lightfoot was the mayor of and now is voted out. And I thought this story was interesting because out here where I am, the birds all the birds all over the place. Until you live in the country and have a good post of observation like I do, you may not realize that birds run the world. I mean, I I have watched them. Blackbirds by far the smartest. Um, they have fighter squadrons. They run off the vultures. They take on the hawks. I mean, it's constant. Down to the hummingbird. And the hummingbirds fight over the food. So why leave Chicago out of this? There maybe is justice. This is out of the Chicago Tribune. Good morning, Lord Bailey. This is out of the Chicago Tribune. Imagine this, you're a business professional, business professional, and you're going for lunch downtown in in, uh, Chicago. And all of a sudden, the feathers of a peregrine falcon pop out over a concrete ledge on a large building. The Falcons in Chicago are buzzing the people. Well, no kidding. Good for them. They even have names. The people know these Falcons so well. There's one named Stormy that flies in a slow, elegant circle, perches on a tall building, and watches the people has been nesting on this particular building since 2016 on the seventh floor. And if you're walking around downtown in Chicago, you better be kind of careful because if they perceive you as a threat to the nest, they're aerial predators, and they'll dive bomb you at 200 miles an hour. Now, there's a puffin island up off of the coast of Maine that I went to. It's all bird sanctuary. Once upon a time, you had to take a boat to get out there. It was a wonderful trip. The moment you step on the island, they give you a stick. It's about a yard long. You hold it above your head. Because if you don't, the birds will swoop down and hit you in the back of the head and knock you off the island. But when you have the stick over your head, the birds only swoop down to the top of the stick. So if you're walking in a line in a path on the island and everybody up in front of you has got a stick, it's really interesting to see these birds dive bomb everybody and swoop up close to the stick. Otherwise, they're going to clobber you. They don't like you on their island. There's also a place up there I've told you about before that I'll never forget. There's another island right across the body of water from this island, and all the birds on that island are black. I'm serious. And all the birds on the other island are white. So I asked the guide, I said, what's the deal here? He said, well, the black birds can't stand the white birds, and the white birds can't stand the black birds. And if one gets on the other's island, they'll kill it. 
And I'm trying to think, you know, how far have we come from being birds? It's amazing. So a lot of buildings in Chicago have been peregrine net, become peregrine nests. And uh, you have to be kind of careful. They attack people when they have to protect their young. Well, go to that island, Puffin Island up there off the coast of uh, Maine. You'll find out they'll attack you by golly. I thought that was odd. I thought that was kind of odd. Hey, the phone line's open. 352-707-9101. Oh, golly, this story is so strange. I might save it. This is one of the strangest things. I don't know. Let me see if we should save this production. Production's got a picture. Um, we're going to show this at some point. I guess maybe we'll do it now. It's pretty hard to top. Okay, production. Uh, we've got the picture, do we not, of the pregnant transgender man. There it is. There it is. Leave it up there for a while. Look at that. There you go. Are you looking at that, students? Now, this is on the cover of Glamour, UK's June issue. There you go. See it? Logan Brown. Now, you know, I was, I was having this discussion the other day with a female friend. And we we're talking about this business. And she said, well, the men all want to be women. But I can't think of any women that want to be men. Generally. Boy, this might be an exception to what we're discussing. I was curious. I'm saying, how the hell does it work? This guy you're looking at here. Well, I don't know this person you're looking at. Now, this is odds and ends, and I'm confused, so help me out. Okay, Plantation Mark, what are you doing, brother? Hey, good morning, Ward. Have you got anybody up there over your place that looks like this guy on the screen? Uh, well, my neighbor was about 425 pounds. He had that big a belly, but <laughs> I don't think he, he got it from being pregnant. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Now, I'm going to table that story until I hear what you got on your mind. Now, that's an interesting deal, but uh, what's on your mind, Mark? Well, I just wanted to let you know that little front you sent me a week ago that's lingered off the North Carolina coast out here, we've barely had any sun now in seven days. You kidding me? I, uh, I, I did not do the naked <laughs> dance. I didn't do it. No, <laughs> just that little low, it popped off of Florida and went right up the coast, and it's still setting out here, and it is still overcast. Uh-huh. And it, it's getting in, you know, to like the 70s. And I'm hoping this thing just goes out of here because I've just been working between the raindrops for about five days. Never a lot of rain, just to, just enough to wet the ground. And, I mean, the guy's been cutting hay up here at the speed of light. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish I wish you guys would get, get the rain you need down there because right now I just got out of the garden after two hours putting down more tomatoes, uh, more zucchini, and cucumbers. So, you know, it's just been one of those springs up here that you can barely get stuff to go. And now that it, it warmed up a little bit, I'm having to cull the lettuce out. This uh, 
buttercrunch lettuce is going to seed and the broccoli is going to go to seed. I just thought it's it's been a, a real fast winter and a real fast spring, and now we're going into summer. And I basically have had to turn the heat on one night and turn the AC on the next day, and it's just been up and down. But at least I don't have the the unbearable electric bills that GRU is serving out to people down there because uh, some of my relatives that still live in Gainesville, they're talking – a uh, year or so ago when they started going up and going crazy, getting five and $600 power bills. And yeah, that, we'll that's just see. totally we'll, ridiculous. We'll see if that changes at all. I doubt it will, even with the new uh, bill by DeSantis. Um, no, you know, you, uh, you know, talking about your garden and things, trying to make it. I hear the wife hollering off the back porch yesterday at something. Normally, she's not going to do that mild-mannered and hollering, get out of here, get out of here. The dadgum deer come in or eating our peaches. And um, yeah, well, I got got the same problem. Only they're eating my darn pole beans and my bush beans. So they I see Marcus way out yonder. They find things. I mean, yeah, I, you, you know, they wouldn't have come in if we still had the dog, but uh, they stayed away from the dog. But you know, that's one good. You don't have a dog up there, do you? No, I used to have a Jack Russell, and she'd fly fly the deer out here, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to go get the expense of putting up a six foot or a ten foot fence around the garden because that'd cost me a pretty penny. So I'll just I'll let them munch along, and <laughs> I still got about uh, spot about twenty by oh let's say fifty that I haven't planted anything into. But like I said, I planted corn four times. So my big patch is uh, five foot tall right now, the first planting. And the second planting is, uh, oh, it's probably six inches tall. And then I went up to the hunting camp, dug up a spot up there, put me about four little 10-foot rows in beside the road going to the cabin. And now I've planted another, the fourth planting down here, and they're starting to come out of the ground now. So I should have corn up till hopefully by September and uh, see what's going on. But we're we're going to be picking squash and zucchini here in a couple of days, and my big big boy tomatoes are coming on. I've got about eight or ten of them going out there in 10-gallon pots. And, well, good. We so got we've just had a good – We'll have to break for the weather here in a minute, and, and maybe I can send you some dry weather for a while. It sounds like that's what you need. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have to tune out for the weather. But, man, great to talk to you. Great. Thank you so much for supporting the show. As much as you do, I mean, you're really one of our great, great friends. And um, okay, funny. Ward, well, okay. y'all take it easy down there, and uh, I'll keep watching the weather up here. And uh, after the show, go out here. We, we got to finish that handicap ramp for my neighbor today, and uh, we're going to get it done when he hopefully he'll get out of the hospital real soon. Man, you are a great community member and a great friend. Thank you so much, Mark. That's Mark. Uh, well, we call him Plantation Mark because he really is. Um, the the man on the land. And if you want to know about how the land works and how things get there and you just go in the grocery stores all the time, you're here in the other end of that process. Uh, I'm looking at, uh, good morning, Jody Davis. We're going to probably start the topless pregnant transgender man story again and um, probably hold the calls after we do that production uh, through that story and then open it up, you know, keep it open, but just put them uh, in, the, in the waiting room. Um, We've got weather coming up, so I'm going to break for the weather. We'll come back and finish the story about 
Logan Brown, who is, uh, I don't know, you guys on the odds and end world help me with the story. Um, be right back on the Word Scott Files after a break with the weather. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! All right, Ward's Weather brought to you by Lewis Oil, Chevron, Fossil Fuel. Patronize them. Great, great people. Hey, 71 degrees, about 88 up to the high today. I don't think we're going to get any rain here around the Warthog Command Center. There's a depression, as you know, out in the Gulf of Mexico. It's just whirling around out there. And I guess it even possibly could head back south towards Cuba, as uh, uh, Kennedy always used to call it. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, you know, we need the rain. Plantation Mark would just called in on the line today and said that low off that coast up there doesn't go away and keeps uh, raining on his garden. Uh, some rain on the garden is good. Some rain is not good. So um, I don't know what to tell you. It's um, obviously June 1st is the beginning of the hurricane season and uh, govern yourself accordingly. Well, 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 we got the phone line open. We're going to hold the phone. I, I know my good buddy Ray Stern is out there waiting to call in, comment. 
Uh, we're going to put the uh, picture up, picture up again of Logan Brown, and I'm going to try to work my way through this story and then open the phone line. Uh, this is a 27-year-old. Now, get this. And this is in Glamour UK's June issue. Uh, he was born, and this is odds and ends Friday. So, I mean, I, this is just another odd story to me. Uh, a 27-year-old, born female. Born female. But identifies as a transgender man. Now, that word, that verb identifies is really important anymore because, it, it, you know, it just covers everything. I mean, you just identify. So this Logan Brown posed, obviously, as the cover star of British Glamour Magazine's digital issue, which they put out celebrating Pride Month. Now, I just read on the Internet the other day, it's supposed to be a pride gathering somewhere in Colorado, 500,000 people or something. I mean, come on. And then I'm also reading that there's not going to be pride activity in Florida because DeSantis has run them off. You know, that's that's what you're getting right now. Now, this is a painted on suit, by the way. And it showcases a large baby bump. Now, Brown apparently unexpectedly became pregnant with part. This gets better. Or worse, depending on your point of view, with partner Bailey J. Mills. Who is Bailey J. Mills? A non-binary drag performer in the UK. While Bailey J. Mills was taking a break from testosterone treatments due to health reasons. Okay. I don't know. So there's an interview of this Logan Brown. And it details Brown's, quote unquote, accidental pregnancy experience. Now, I hadn't heard that phrase before either. Pregnancy experience. As a transgender man. And. The reason Brown and Mills are saying they're the center of attention is because of rampant transphobia. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't know. There's a picture. And it documents the pregnancy test and how it turned out to be positive. And he said, oh, it's really hard because how do you tell your partner Oh, I'm pregnant, but I'm also your boyfriend as well. The reaction was mixed emotions for both of us. I imagine it was. So, I mean, it it fits into odds and end Friday. I don't know what else to call it. Now, of course, Brown has documented this pregnancy on a blog. It's got huge support from the LGBTQWXYZ community. And it all fits in, in their mind, with some kind of reaction to the Bud Light boycotts, which I'm going to get into in a minute, because the Washington commanders have endorsed the pride world. I don't know. 
I don't know. It's it, it's a hey. I'm t- I, I I whatever floats your boat, I guess. Except when we've got to march to your drummer. I went in yesterday to the details. There's only one percent of the of the population that has same sex marriages. Yet somehow everybody else has got to have this issue visit their doorstep. I don't know. Ray, Doug Whitaker listening to this from from Mexico. I don't know if Doug knows the answer either. So the question is, what is a woman? And the answer right now is speculative. Well, I think we first need to understand a woman can be a man who is no longer a woman, but can get pregnant like a woman, but is a man. Now, this was statement was by a Dr. Jebra Fauzi, who is Glamour's European editorial director. I, there you go. Thank you, production, for showing the picture. The picture. Ray, if you want to call back, let that phone line open. I don't know if you're in the waiting room or not. It's a funky world, I guess. But why should we have to change pronouns and everything and muddy all that water? Along the same subject line, I found this. And this is what I'm talking about. That's one story. This is what I'm talking about. You see, I think I've got another one. Yeah, here are two stories along the same subject line. And this is kind of what, I, what, I, what I'm objecting to. But you might, might not be objecting to it at all. Do you know who Chelsea Mitchell is? Chelsea Mitchell. Chelsea Mitchell is one of the fastest female athletes to ever compete in Connecticut high school sports. And she's suing Connecticut for allowing males to compete in female sports. Now that, that kind of makes sense to me. Chelsea Mitchell is 20 years old. She lost 20 races in her career because the state of Connecticut sees no issue with allowing males to compete against females. And this is the issue of trans inclusion in sports. She is the fastest female in the state, but her hopes of capturing a state championship hit a roadblock when she was forced to compete against a male runner who ultimately, of course, beat her. The male runner, of course, had a built-in 
biological advantage. So I don't mind Logan Brown, I guess, and his consenting partner, whatever that her or whatever. But I don't want that to bleed over into the world of female sports, which it's obviously done. This has been a very tough fight for these women. Uh, this is a lawsuit. Who knows how that'll wind up? Who knows? There's another state where the same thing is going on. An Oklahoma parent has filed a lawsuit against Edmond Public Schools, alleging that her 15-year-old daughter was attacked and severely beaten in the girl's bathroom by a 17-year-old male student who, here's the word again, identifies as transgender. Now, this attack supposedly happened in the morning in the bathroom. And this male student regularly used the girl's bathroom and not the boy's bathroom. Now, this is all over this issue of whether or not restrooms much match the sex on the restroom user's birth certificate. <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I don't know where this is going to go. I, I guess it's the ultimate kind of diversity, equity, any illusion. Gooden versus Edmond Public Schools in District Court of Oklahoma County in Oklahoma. Striking me is kind of odd. Ray, you're welcome to call back in. We got the line open for you. The line is 352-707-9101. Okay. Yes, sir. Good morning, Ray. Ward, how are you? Good morning. How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm I'm doing well, Ward. Uh, listen, for seven, the media have been castigating and just jumping on Trump for his alleged low morals character his alleged rapes, and one of the ones that killed me was when he said that his daughter, Ivanka, was a beautiful and talented woman, and that if she wasn't his daughter, he would date her. I think that's one of the highest compliments a man could give his child. It might be a little different than many, but it's a high compliment. Yet the left refuses to acknowledge the fact that Biden refuses to acknowledge his biological granddaughter and that according to his Biden's daughter, Ashley, Biden took showers with her, which made her very uncomfortable when she was 11 and 12 years old. Now, I ask you, who is the pervert? 
Well, the press is going to cover that up, as you know, Ray. Well, that's, that's, that's the sad part, Ward. But the problem is, is most of our liberal friends say, oh, that's not true. You're making this up. And I'm like, well, okay. Evidently, you only listen to MSN and uh, what is the other communist news network, CNN. They don't ever report any of this. They report every time Trump sneezes, but they will not report the truth about the Bidens. And uh, what kind of a man won't acknowledge his own granddaughter? And they don't, when I say they, I'm talking about the Bidens, Hunter and Jill and Joe. They don't want this child to take the Biden surname, which could benefit her later in life especially when she writes a book about what a creep her father is. Well, the child's going to grow up knowing that she was rejected also by the president of the United States, who's supposed to be the kind of sensible compass, if you will, uh, and poses as such, but it obviously isn't. So uh, I'm with you. It's, it's, uh, you know, and Plantation Mark said, by the way, Ray, it sounds like your dog hates Biden too. (laughs) I don't hate the man. I just cannot believe that this fraud, this Manchurian candidate, is in the White House. I don't don't really hate I'm holding here another article, by the way, uh, by Victor Davis Hanson. And um, he asked the very same question that we're asking right now, only a little bit more uh, sophisticated way, I guess. He says that... uh, Conservatives feel that most Americans reject the trend of biological men dominating female sporting events. But along with this, also, these same conservatives, if you will, if you want to use those tags, fear that American jurisprudence has become vastly weaponized and warped. And he points to the example you're pointing out that Trump will be more likely indicated by a politicized New York City, indicted by a politicized New York City prosecutor, uh, for supposedly overvaluing his net worth over a decade ago. Uh, uh, and meanwhile, a current violent street criminal uh, will get away from clubbing people on the, on the uh, subway. Um, so this, this is a kind of a, a lightning rod, this issue we're talking about for a lot of other things. Now, some people feel that the pendulum is going to swing back a little bit more to the conservative side in the next election. That is really what I'm watching. What do you feel about that? Do you think that's got a chance? Well, I think there are excuse me, I think there are a lot of people that are disgusted with what's going on, Democrats and Republicans. The problem that I see is I really believe that Trump could that probably would lose to Biden because there are enough people that hate him. Right or wrongly, they hate him. They don't like the way he talks, they don't like his brashness. I thought his policies were great. Sometimes I wish he could zip zip it before he speaks. But we didn't have the uh, inflation. We didn't have the war on fossil fuels. And we didn't have the immigration uh, problems that we had. Somehow, stay in Mexico worked. Uh, but I believe that any other Republican candidate, Mantis, even Nikki Haley, I believe that any other Republican candidate could beat Biden. And you watch, if there is another Republican nominee, they'll pull Biden. It's just that they believe that Biden in the basement can beat Trump on the stump. 
Yeah, they're covering this already. They've elevated the news. People have this to be a, a two-person um, competition for the primary of the Republican Party between DeSantis and Trump, and um, they're really not—they're not factoring Haley or Scott or any of the others into other than a, just a minor distraction. And I think they're, they're right. Sure. I, I think that they're right, um, and it's going to be a real issue for for the two. Uh, and you know, of course. Um, as Lloyd Bailey's pointing out, few Republicans are conservatives. And Lloyd, we're dealing with terminology here that is kind of an oversimplification in the beginning. These labels, these labels, as we've pointed out, are conveniently used by the press in order to kind of stir up a readership. Um, you know, I don't think they serve much, much uh, uh, good, except everyone in the press does it. Um, so, the issue then really is whether or not this, according to Victor Davis Hanson, is no small mind, is whether or not, uh, um, you know, transgenderism and um, bias in the judicial system, uh, corrupt uh, um, educational system, uh, the diversity, equity and inclusion agendas are, are going to be resonate with the, popul- the voters when DeSantis says, I'm taking on the woke culture. And the analysts I've been watching is saying, well, the moment he says that, he's separated himself from about 50% of the country. But, you know, I look at Florida. I mean, he, he overwhelmingly convinced everybody that was a worthy cause in Florida. I mean, so his challenge is to take that out to the nation and help the nation understand what it's costing us in terms of bettering everyone's life by focusing on that distraction? Well, I I think what uh, DeSantis and other conservatives, to use that term, uh, politicians need to get across is they are not against transgenders. They are not against gay people. They are not against anything. What they are against is forcing men into women's locker rooms. They are against teaching five to 12-year-olds, the most impressionable group of children there are, who will go for any shiny object and try to emulate it to get attention. So you might have a five to 12-year-old make a life-altering decision that they have no idea what they're really doing, but it seems kind of fun and cool and in. And the next thing, you know, they're taking drugs that God only knows what it's going to do to them. Uh, I, I think that's where most conservatives are. Uh, I have gay friends. I even have one friend that is a transgender. Makes no difference to me that the transgender person who is a woman transgendering to be a man is a lovely individual. Um, but uh, she, she or he is not for men in women's sports. I made a little comment just uh, on your uh, blog today or on your thread. Um, if every single female athlete who is forced to compete with a male on their team boycotted the team, boycotted the event, this would go away. The problem is nobody wants to be the first to rush the prison guards, so to speak. Nobody wants to be the first one to get shot. But if everybody did it together, uh, I think that would stop this because who is the uh, transgendered female? I guess that's a male with the X and Y chromosome competing against the females. 
who is he going to compete against if there is nobody that is willing to compete against him? Well, you know, uh, good point. Hansen also makes the point that the Target Corporation, Target Stores, uh, and he, he, he seems to think this is a positive sign for change, uh, suffered a $10 billion loss in stock value in just a few days as millions of shoppers uh, shunned its 2,000 stores after the chain showcased Pride Apparel. Um, well, that's, that's interesting. And also Anheuser-Busch uh, uh, has also taken a hit. Uh, so there are some things out there. Um, the kind of uh, the kind of issue that I think is going to be a problem for DeSantis is Disney. You know, it's clear that the people boycotted um, Target. It's clear they boycotted Bud Light. But the press is going to turn Disney and DeSantis into a Disney cause, I think. And that's going to be tough to handle. But you know, it's funny, even if Disney was not promoting uh, the woke agenda, they are not entitled to, <coughs> excuse me, Ward, they're not entitled to the financial perks they're getting anyway. So take the transgender or woke equation out of the mixture. They're still not supposed to be an autonomous government unto themselves. They still should be required to pay uh, their fair share of the taxes and be governed by the state governing authorities, not the Disney governing authorities. I think the woke movement is what made DeSantis move on this. But when they gave Disney these special dispensations back in the 60s, before they opened in 69 or 70, uh, Orlando was rural, and they were trying to get the business there. Okay, that's fine. But laws are made and laws are changed. Uh, you know, they're not set in stone, these kind of laws. It's not the Constitution. And even our Constitution can be changed. But Disney's been getting away with uh, literally financial murder for decades, half a century. Well, that's a good point again. And Hanson also makes the point that what's going to make this tough is something I maybe just alluded to, is that the left still enjoys uh, control of dissemination of knowledge and through the media in Silicon Valley. Um, You're right. That, absolutely right. That's a toughie. That's a toughie because they control uh, the eye of the needle there through which the information comes. That's why shows like this are so important. Uh, podcasting is not, you know, controlled by this big, enormous media outlet. You know, they don't come in and endorse me. They don't come in and underwrite me. Um, and, you know, if you can stitch together, I've always thought if you can stitch together all these podcasting elements and put them in kind of a network, you have a pretty powerful force, but that would take an organization that uh, um, uh, really has to uh, be formed, yet to be formed. And of course, Lloyd Bailey is jumping all over DeSantis because he wasn't a conservative congressman. You know, what are your choices, Lloyd? What are your choices? I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, I'm going to go with DeSantis' track record. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to Congress. I'm going to his track record in Florida. And the challenge is, can that track record be sold in America as relevant? What goes on in Florida, as Florida goes, so goes America. That really is, to me, uh, the the issue. And I'm, I stand to be corrected. Although, you know, I'm never wrong. Right. Right, my man. <laughs> well, I know you're never wrong. I don't know yeah. if everybody else knows that. But does that make sense? <clears throat> Here's the thing. I believe I believe DeSantis can beat Biden, hands down. 
And I believe that Trump has a loyal base of 30%. That he's got, I don't know uh, how many uh, millions of followers that will not change their mind no matter what. However, I don't believe he will win the general because there's enough people that don't like him. And also, what you said, the media is not portraying the truth. They don't talk about the fact that Trump is a devoted family man. And look at his family and his children. Look at Biden's family and Biden's children. Look at Biden. Look at the financial shenanigans. They're persecuting Trump. They're going after him for the most ludicrous violations I've ever heard of campaign finance. That's a federal crime, if it's a crime. That's if Trump did anything wrong. Bragg has no business uh, doing that. Uh, they're trying to get him for the classified documents. Maybe he shouldn't have had them. Either should Biden, either should Pence, either should any of the other uh, politicians that have come forward and said, ooh, by the way, I think I have some documents that belong back in a skiff somewhere. The On these documents, um, one, of the, uh, one of my good friends who's in the federal uh, uh, legal world, the President of the United States, anything he wants to classify... Uh, as um, important, he does it. I mean, he's the guy. And this is all hocus pocus that he was in possession of a classified document. He classified it. You know, come on. And he can declassify well, he, and he, and he can declassify it. And let me just close with this, Morgan, then I'll get off because I realize it's getting time. What people don't realize is that the Justice Department and the FBI, as you know, I used to be a Fed. Um, they have to weaponize. I'm not talking about the brick agents. I'm not talking about the good guys on the street fighting crime. I'm not talking about the guys like me that investigated fraud, waste, and abuse. But what they literally can do is arrest you at the point of a gun for thought crimes. And it's coming to that more and more. People better be aware of that. A lot of these liberals don't realize that they are next. That's a good point. I'm going to get off with that, but That's a very good point. So uh, I'll see you later, hopefully at the pie, if not the range. And a great show as usual, Ward. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for taking advantage of the call in Friday. We're going to wind it down here on odds and ends. Everything is odd and ends today. And I hope you find it um, interesting to think about. We enjoy um, having you all as sponsors and advertisers and supporters. Have a great weekend. Warthog Command Center out.